0: that uh, realize we're in the working world and don't have spring break this week. Some in the working world continue to celebrate spring break as uh, Phil is doing this week. But as I was just saying, um, many of you don't realize the work and effort that Phil puts into this every week. Right now, as we're going through the 12-step series and learning about it, Phil is already writing the series for the summer. And during a week like this week, He's looking forward to what the series is going to be in the fall, so he stays that far ahead of what's going to be coming up, uh, and does put a lot of time and effort into this. So while he may be gone today, we're, I was going to say in capable hands, but I'm not sure if we are or not. <laughs> Roan is filling in and I thought that Phil threw Roan under the bus and selected a particular YouTube video to be shown this morning, but I found out that Roan quite proudly said no it was my selection um i'm the one that selected that video so ron i'm gonna really leave it with you this morning but brother i'm gonna pray an extra measure to cover you this morning as you go through your presentation pray for phil and eva yes i will and the men's round table and hope everybody comes back next week guys let me open this with a word of prayer heavenly father we thank you so much for this day we thank you for being here with us lord we ask that you would be with those that are traveling this week and with Phil, he Superstores himself. Lord, and those families that are on vacation, traveling, and uh, spending time with families and restoring their, their relationships and their lives, be with them as well. Lord, I do ask a special measure on Rome this morning as he does come to uh, make the presentation uh, this week's 12-step series, Lord, of teaching us how to grow closer to you, how to let go of worldly things and turn our attention to you, Lord, focusing on you and you alone. In Jesus, let me pray. Amen.
1: Well, good morning, guys. Um, I Always say, you know, two people to pray for when I'm up here doing this uh, is is Phil and Eva, because, you know, Phil's worried that I'm going to say something that will get us permanently kicked out of uh, C Spire. Um, Yeah, I'm trying not to uh and certainly pray for eva because she's always worried i'm going to say something and offend i don't know somebody and uh it might actually affect our practice or something so i'm gonna i'm gonna try um and and do my best not to offend anybody or get us kicked out um so we are working our way through the 12 steps uh You know, the 12 steps, it has been said by not just like recovery type people or counseling type people. uh, It has been said by actual like biblical scholars, deep thinkers, that the 12 steps are our generation's greatest and best avenue for Christian spiritual formation. I always say if if you want to know how to do Christian, just go work and live the 12 steps. Because it is the model. It is the plan. It is, you know, as men, we love lists. So take that list and begin to work your way through that. And then begin to live a life based on those steps. And I know Phil has said this in this series, but, you know, the 12 steps are, 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 are straight out of the Bible. Uh, it, it, is, it is a biblical model of transformational work. If churches would just preach and teach the 12 steps, we wouldn't have to worry about evangelism classes or going out and evangelizing anybody because Christians would be so attractive people would like, oh, my gosh, I want some of that. How do I get that? Instead of what a lot of what we have today that passes for, I call it, it's, it's not Christianity, it's more churchianity. Um, so uh, the 12-step process is, a, is an experience of being changed by a loving, supportive God who knows what we need and helps us through our pain to see and give up our own selfish agendas and surrender to his. The 12 steps offer a structure of discipline to become holy and whole. Holiness is spelled W-H-O-L-I-N-E-S-S. Those two things are not separable. Our task is to remove the self-imposed blocks or character defects that stand between God and us. We do this so we can be awakened, meet God personally with our own true selves and do his will. The 12 steps are like scaffolding that allows the spiritual house of our personal life to be built. This study of the 12 steps will be an amazing spiritual adventure. Act like a man. The, uh, the the step that I'm going to begin uh, talking about is step four. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And so we're going to play a song. Um, the song is by Francesca Battistelli. I just like saying her name. Francesca Battistelli. Um, that's why I picked the song, just so I could say her name. Uh, the song is called If We're Honest. You know, This step, the fourth step, is so critical in the process of our growth, and it's this idea of getting rigorously honest. So, listen to the song, the words, and on the back of the page.
2: heart that loves tonight. i'm a mess and so are you we've got walls nobody can get through yeah it may be hard but the best thing we could ever do ever do bring your brokenness and i'll bring he would hurt deep
1: eyes And his way on the If we're honest
2: If we're honest Don't pretend to be something that you're not Living life afraid of getting caught there is freedom found when we lay our secrets down at the cross, at the cross. So bring your brokenness and not bring Cause love can heal what hurt delights and mercy's way on the other side.
1: If we're honest, are yeah. yeah. on yeah. Amen. If we're honest, it'll change your life. It will set you free. So, what I titled this—certainly, um, uh, kind of tying it into the biblical uh, piece—is uh, just really learning to live a confessional life. You know, as Christians, uh, that's that's what we should be doing it's how we should be living um i was talking with my dear catholic brother uh jeff cook over there running the the uh tech for us jeff does a great job uh jeff certainly makes uh, me look good and and like he really works hard because he makes phil look good i mean that that's that's hard to do uh, but but i was just you know sharing with jeff this idea of confession uh you know, in evangelical world, uh, I, I, I believe we we have kind of missed the mark, uh, as opposed to Catholic world. Now that Catholics aren't evangelical, you know, crazy stuff around all the denominational uh, kind of BS. Um, but but Catholics at least have an avenue and an emphasis on confession. I've been in Baptist churches and other churches for a uh, long time. And uh, I, I, I don't remember or haven't really seen a real emphasis or avenue for uh, confession. I don't know. Maybe your church experience is different. I'm just sharing mine. And I've been in church a long time. Um and so I wanted to start out just with a confession right off the bat. All right. So, Jeff, throw that first picture up there. Oh, wait. they're the other other one. There we go. Okay. So so here we go. I just want to confess that I'm stupid. All right. So this was actually last Thursday. So I'm getting up to come to the round table, and I'm, I'm headed – you know, to go get my coffee, and uh, Eva kind of rouses rise, up, and she says, "Hey, can you can you kind of do the dishes and get those into dishwasher before you go?" And I'm like, "Well, I did that last time or sometime once," and and so I I said, "Okay," so I go get my coffee going, and and I, and I look in the sink, and it's like I'm going, oh, "Crap." no this is mine you know i'm i'm a man uh and and so just you know wanting to kind of be logical and uh, you know kind of be a man i I just did kind of a dirty dish itemization list Um, originally i started out itemizing each of the items like you see a a boiler there and a pizza pan and a and and so i was just itemizing each one and so I put boiler, Eva, pizza pan, Eva, and, and then I got down to about item number, I don't know, 21 or something, and my alarm was on snooze, and it it, it flashes up again, and, and then I have to go and turn that off, and then when I go back, crap, it had deleted my text that I was going to send her. So I, I was, at that point, kind of in a hurry, because, you know, I always have to get here right on time. And so I, uh, I just did, you know, Eva, twenty-three items, Rome one item, and yeah, and I, I texted. No, I, I, texted to her, and um, yeah, uh, I, like I said, I'm. This is confession. I'm, I'm confessing, I'm stupid, and so. And so, I'm sitting here uh, at uh, in roundtable, and then I get this text 717 a.m. now now the first one I get is the uh, lol you know haha that's real funny and then a little bit later I get this one that's the refrigerator open and items purchased Eva 75 Rome 2 and then you can see down at the bottom what I sent back to her. It's like, God, I love you. It's like, holy cow, what, what, a, what a great wife, you know. Uh, I always say that uh, my wife is, she is the love of God. Uh, she's also the wrath of God. <laughs> it's a good thing. A good woman, a good wife is hard to find. So a confessional life. So there's my confession of the day. I am stupid. I'm a man. Uh, So uh, we're working through the book, uh, Hunger for Healing by Keith Miller, uh, which the subtitle of that book is the 12 steps as a classic model of, for Christian spiritual growth. Again, guys, this 12 step thing. I mean, this is the transformational life. It is, it is the way that we should be living as believers. And so uh, I'm working with uh, chapter or step four, but it's the chapter I'm doing today is preparing for step four because step four is a uh, is a very uh, kind of serious part of the process, uh, and you can see the you know on the, the the goal and the steps, and then the spiritual disciplines uh, that that develop as we work the steps. You know, this idea of spiritual disciplines um, is critical in our growth process as well. And the steps actually gives us a very deliberate and intentional way to work with spiritual disciplines. You know, discipline, it can kind of sound like a bad word. And I, I don't know, you know, maybe there's better words. Uh, but certainly, uh, this idea of discipleship, discipline—you know—we in our in our journey, part of what we need to be doing is 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 a disciplined, structural, structured study, a disciplined, structured plan, in order to get to where we want to be. Without a plan, the people perish. Um, more than just you know, I did my morning quiet time or something like that. And so the goal in, uh, in, in step four confession uh, is peace with ourselves. James five sixteen is one of the verses uh, that is on the page uh, that, that you have, you know, the, and I, I did the, um, the message Bible, uh, I guess it's on the page, or it's not. Uh, But James 5.16, and this is out of the Message Bible. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. You know, study Bible language. It says, uh, confess your sins one to another one to another, so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. It's interesting in that verse, I think, when it talks about confess your sin, and then it says a righteous man. I get it in my office. Often, you know, I'll have a wife talking about wanting a, a godly husband, or a godly man, or I'll hear that term, and many times I'll just kind of look at whoever said it, and I go, what does that mean? (laughs) It's amazing, you know, if you just kind of question some of these things, uh, the descriptions that you'll get. So often the description is, well, he's like, like my pastor. Oh, wow. And then I go. Well, I know that guy. <laughs> you you really want him to be like that guy? But that's okay. That that's her image, and that's what she's thinking is a godly man. Uh, and then you get the well, he's a you know he knows the Bible, he studies the Bible, he's a spiritual leader, da da da. maybe I don't know. You know, Scripture talks about uh, this this idea of like. Th- the goal is certainly uh, to do justice to love mercy and to walk humbly humbly with your God David Benner one of our we've used his books on our uh, men's adventure trips Uh, David Benner writes that the three goals in the Christian journey uh, is uh, number one is to be is is to become a great lover I mean, that's what Jesus was you know when I when I say become a great lover I'm'm I'm, I'm worried about where many of the minds in this room went uh, it's not that kind uh, but to become a great lover I mean that's what Jesus was he is the lover of our soul it's like over and over I mean this idea of like you know, like really loving. And, and, you know, we have this concept of love as like some kind of mamby-pamby kind of nice, sweet man. Oh, that I get that in the godly man description too. Now, that's when I usually throw up on the floor in my office because, guys, that's not the goal. I mean, that's kind of a, that's, that's a church goal that, that comes out of the feminization of church and the feminization of our culture. I, I, it's reality come on jesus was not nice and sweet i mean i don't you don't take i mean like it'd be like taking mr rogers like up on a hill you know beating him along the way and then killing him nailing him to a cross nobody you wouldn't nobody would want to do that to mr rogers i mean jesus jesus Like rolled in on things that need to be rolled in on. Jesus spoke, Jesus spoke into a lot of stuff that needed to be spoken into with the religious types. Uh, You know, that'll get you killed when you start speaking into things that are just accepted as the norm, accepted as the tradition accepted as the well that's the way that we do it yeah but it's it's totally off so to become a great lover the the second goal is to become whole and holy you know we've got that in the in the kind of preamble wholeness and holiness wholeness is simply about emotional health it's about being well boundary and really that's about your identity Who am I as a man? I'm a man that will, these are things that I will accept. These are things that I won't accept. These are my values. I know what my values are. I don't compromise those, and I live in my integrity as a man. Dallas Willard said that the mark of a mature Christian might be that your body does what your mind tells it to like you're congruent on the inside and the outside and then the last goal in the christian journey uh from again david benner which i certainly believe uh these these would be like the goals the last one is to become our true self in christ and you know in, in counseling world was kind of screwy really um I really prefer the term. It you know, it's like really what we do is just coaching, mentoring, guiding. When people think of counseling, they think, I don't know, group hugs and you know, we're gonna talk about your feelings or something. And that's just that's that's kind of disgusting actually. Um it it it's about coaching, it's about mentoring, it's about guiding. All of us men know like we need a coach we need a guide we need a mentor especially when it comes to this kind of life thing i don't know how much my i i I won't ask for a show of hands but you know i can just imagine the the wonderful conversations and time you spent with your dad in talking about like son let me let me help you understand how to process and deal with your emotions. Let, let's let's sit down and talk about what that looks like and and how you do that. Um, and and then we're going to spend a lot of time, son. I want to talk to you about how to be in a relationship with a woman because man, that's going to be important. and You're really going to need to figure that out, and I want to help you walk through that. And then, son, I I want to I want to talk to you about sex. I, I want to really like help you understand. The sacredness of that, and, and that when you do things kind of outside the created design that that God gave us, boy, it's going to really have a deep effect on you. Now, again, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I know many of you got those kinds of conversations with that. I, I, I'm certain of it. I see a lot of head shaking, a lot of eyes rolling. It didn't happen. It's not blaming our dads. It's this idea of like, you've got to be aware of what you got and what you did not get. I mean, you know, again, we get twists around the axle with it. I get that all the time too. Like somehow, uh, can't talk about mom and daddy. Mm. No, that's just blaming or something or well. And plus, the fifth commandment says you have to honor your mother and father. I get that a lot. And now my example of that is, well, if, if mom and daddy were like crackheads and they locked you in the closet and they burned you with cigarettes until you were 18, and then they let you out. Honor that. <laughs> I mean, we in the extreme example, you can kind of see that would be ridiculous, right? I hope. You would blindly honor that. Well, that would be inconsistent and incongruent with the nature and character of God. God would never say honor that. That that verse, that commandment, honor your mother and father, the Hebrew word for honor there is kabet, K-A-B-E-D. And it, it is a pictogram. The Hebrew language is all pictures, word pictures, pictograms much more descriptive and deeper than our English language but the word picture there's a scale honor and it's a scale what God is saying to us is weigh it out see the good see the bad mom and dad they're broken just like you are there's good and there's bad You need to be aware of that. And then it's got a double meaning because it carries weight. It has impact on you for the rest of your life. In every relationship that you enter into throughout the rest of your life, what mom and dad did do and did not do carries that kind of weight. Weigh it out. It's just simply be aware. Phil says it all the time. I totally agree when he says that, you know, our 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 greatest weakness, uh, growth area, Achilles' heel, as men, is a lack of awareness. This idea of even emotion, you know, I always say, like getting in touch with your emotions. God, now there's another stupid term. Uh, it's like somehow I need to go up in the woods or sit around a fire with drums and, I don't know, beat a tree or something and get in touch with my anger or start crying like a drama queen or something. No, crying's okay. Crying may happen, and that's cool, and many of us probably need to cry. But it's more about awareness of what's going on inside of me. We have to go more internal. We've got to go more introspective rather than external. And, and we just, we don't know how to do that. Again, all those wonderful conversations that you had with dad about self-awareness and growth and uh, all this, you know, work that uh, we all need to do. Yeah, it's kind of like my favorite theologian, uh, Reese Bobby, uh, you know, Ricky's dad. Um, You know, Reese told Ricky, he said, son, you know that organ that you're born with makes you act right? I didn't get that, you know. that's And that's why, you know, many of our dads were. And and it's just, you know, provider dad, work dad, uh, taught us good work ethic. That's what I get for most men. But it's like, boy, there, there's a whole lot more to being a father than somehow just a good work ethic and a good paycheck. And so preparing for step four, the, there, Keith Miller lays out of like these kind of nine guidelines in the preparation uh, for doing step four. The guideline number one is understand the purposes of step four. Uh, number one, to acquire deeper self-knowledge that can lead uh, by continuing to work the steps to self-acceptance and even self-love. Matthew uh, 22, passage uh, 36 through 40, they come and they ask Jesus, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Uh, Jesus is just so cool because he just always blows these guys out of the water. Um because Jesus, you know, that's one where he says, well, you know, the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And, and you know, the, the second is really like the first. <laughs> love your neighbor, love your wife, love your children, love your fill-in-the-blank as you love yourself. Uh, my dear Mexican brother, uh, George, many of you know George and love George as I do, Um George often says, I I just can't remember the last time I was in church and I heard a sermon on how to love yourself. Again, I like George's experience, and I have to agree with George. I'm not picking on church. Oh, dear Lord. But I'm just saying, um, I don't know. How do you love yourself? What does that look like? Often get the question, you know, I, 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 I'm really working on forgiving myself. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like you know, working on loving myself. It's like none of this stuff can be self-generated. You, you can't manufacture that internally. Like forgiveness has to come from an outside source. I, I have to I have to receive that from someone else certainly from god first john 1 8 9 you know confess your sins uh, god is faithful and just to forgive our sins i mean that, that's just who god is we confess god forgives but there's a second i don't know why like james 5 16 doesn't come right after that it should because james 5 16 says confess your sins one to another. In addition to God, one to another. So that you may be healed. And again, God's done it. You're forgiven. I mean, it's covered. All that's good. But if you want to be healed from this guilt and this shame that keeps rumbling in your gut and keeps leading you back to the dog vomit in your life, Whatever that is, as Phil says, cheese pizzas at midnight. uh, That's why we go back to it because we've got this shame, this guilt that we cannot resolve on our own. Self-love, self-care. And the only way I can grow in love is by beginning to be able to receive love from an outside source, looking in the eyes of another. Having another man look you in the eye and say, "Man, Jeff, I love you. I am. I am so glad that we walked together. Thank you for sharing that. Man, I'm with you. I get it. I've been there. It's painful. That that's what that's what beginning to develop more intimate relationships looks like. You know, all these groups that we do that that many of you hear about um, beyond this group. It's always interesting to me as I try to explain to a guy kind of what what Thursday morning is and and then what Friday morning is and you know what Monday night is it, it, and if if a new guy you know I'm trying to kind of indoctrinate him or kind of get him on the path you know and I, I like I always use Thursday morning roundtable is kind of the entry point because kind of safe you know I always tell a guy look all you got to do is just show up. Walk in, you get a chicken biscuit and a cup of coffee, and then you just go sit down. Like you don't have to talk to anybody. Oh my gosh. You mean I might have to talk to another man or somebody might somebody might know me. <laughs> yeah, dude, there, there's a risk there. Okay. So so this is kind of like the kiddie pool, you know. And and if you just sit and listen, I don't know, some of you I know you've been sitting here listening for a long time but anyway that's another that's another talk um but but i believe if you just sit and listen uh most men uh, not all most men will begin to kind of absorb some of this stuff now and then if you really really want to grow then you take the next step you go to another group that's actually smaller now, there'll be other men there. And again, I always tell like, you, know, you don't have to talk. Just show up, sit there, listen to what the other guys are saying. And you will begin to grow. You don't have to do anything. Just sit and listening to wisdom. I think that's kind of the way life works. And again, that's the 12 steps, that that's part of why, you know, it's like, You need to go to a meeting. You need to go to a group. That the the Twelve Steps is all about that. You will begin to grow as you sit in a circle with men that are further down the path in their own growth of self-awareness, self-love, beginning to understand this stuff on a deeper level. It, It actually works you could actually ask many of the guys in this room that go to these other groups. And they would all tell you like, man, changed my life. So the second purpose is to face the truth about our behavior. Uh, We got to get to reality. You know, the hard part for us is this idea of getting to reality, living in reality. Um, hallmark of good mental health you know when they take you to Whitfield they ask you what day it is uh what year it is uh what your name is they're trying to figure out if you're living in reality and certainly you can kind of back that down the the spectrum and like okay what is the reality of my life is my life chaotic all my relationships are terrible man I don't know Unmanageability, as we learned in the other steps, my life became unmanageable. Number three, to identify our behavior patterns so that we're prepared to surrender them and ask God to act in our behalf to make lasting changes in us. These behavior patterns, you know, and again, that, that goes back to this generational sin. You know, when we hear the, the passage about, you know, sins of the fathers passed on third and fourth generation, uh, we, go, we start going down our list of sins. Well, you know, alcohol, daddy was this and that. No, it, what it's talking about is the dysfunction, the generational dysfunction. Dysfunction, I believe, is defined as disconnected from God, disconnected from the order of life. That is, that is dysfunctional. A functional human being is connected to the creator. It's connected to the maker. We know the manual. Your life will be functional in that paradigm. Three basic instincts or drives that can can consume and control us, uh, money, sex, and power. You know, sex is kind of the social part of us. I mean, even if it's the porn thing going on in your life, you're really looking for connection. You're watching people do something. People, you're looking for a connection. It's an intimacy issue. You're longing for something that you don't have, something that you've never experienced. And you're doing it in an illegitimate way. It's the social aspect of our soul. Money, certainly, it's security. The more money I have, you know, the more secure I feel. And we know, many of us, that that's just futile. It doesn't work. Solomon wrote about that in Ecclesiastes. And then, certainly, power, which is just status, doesn't get us anywhere, doesn't work. Guideline number two is just to expect to rely on God. We have to, like, in in order to do this, you've got to rely on God because this is scary stuff. Guideline number three is feel your feelings as you go. Again, just be aware. Just be aware. What's going on inside of you? Because it'll stir some stuff up. Guideline number five, attend meetings regularly. I talked about that earlier. Get and stay connected. Go deeper in connection. Guideline number six, banish the myth that you should have been perfect. You know, stop shooting all over yourself. Don't, don't, it's like, I mean, all of us in this room, we're broken. We're just broken. We're trying to figure out this life thing. I need others to do that with me. Guideline number seven, resist the urge to focus on what others have done to you. Dangerous, dangerous place to go is the victimhood. Don't go victim. Don't blame. Take responsibility. This stuff is on you. I do not care what happened in your past. I've heard horrific stories, and I've seen people like Overcome those things. It wasn't magic. The magic Jesus bus, as I call it. Uh it, it was not magic. They they put in the, the effort and the work that it took to get to a better place. Don't don't be a victim, no matter what happened. Stop blaming whatever that was. It's time to be responsible, be an adult guideline number eight is write your inventory write it out get intentional be specific and thorough guideline number nine don't rush step four takes time this really is life or death you know when when god told joshua i've set before you this day life or death will you choose and you know, so many times in scripture you see that reference. And and I think a lot of times we, we read that literally, like somehow, oh gosh, if you don't if he chooses wrong, he's gonna die. No, it's a relational, it's all in a relational context. If you do this, your relationship with God, with me, God says, is going to really suffer. If you do this, like, man, you you will have, I promise, abundant life. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Wow, it's available. If you want to go to heaven, go now. It's here right now. Not over there, out yonder, somewhere in the sweet by and by. We're believers. We're living as citizens in the kingdom of heaven. Now we are journeying through a dark and strange land, and we ain't gonna make that journey. We're not gonna complete that journey on our own. We need others along the way. And so this idea of writing out your inventory, one of the things that even I in our what we call our roadmap of couples recovery. Uh, from sexual brokenness Uh, that's what we work with uh, quite a bit we work with other stuff as well but but one of the things in our roadmap is uh, full disclosure which is basically step four now the full disclosure is like you're going to sit with your wife and you're going to actually read her your full disclosure of all of your acting out behaviors during your marriage. Now, when I just kind of laying this out with a guy, when I tell him that, a lot of times what I get is like, Ron, how do you get anybody to come back? <laughs> I don't know, dude. You're Here's the problem. Your wife kind of likes my wife. So you're screwed. That's what I tell them. Uh, you're coming back. Uh, but, but this is a powerful, powerful process. And like write it out. And so I, I just, I'm just, good Lord, I'm not going to read this. Uh, I'll, I'll clear the room. But this is uh, just my full disclosure with, that I sat with a counselor. That's what needs to happen. And read this to her. Now, mine goes back. I did all the way back to, from, like birth to present day. Now, that that's just around sexual brokenness. That, that wasn't all my other moral failures. A searching and fearless moral inventory. Now, I've done that too. The other as well. It, it's just like guys. We have to get intentional with this stuff. It is, it is the keys to our freedom. And certainly, it is, the, it is the key to God unleashing revival even in our country. I believe that. And certainly throughout church history, uh, the thing that precedes revival is always confessional life. It's a movement of God. People begin to confess their sins, and then God moves. I put several quotes from this many great Bible thinkers in history around this idea because it's all connected. And so I just want to close. Uh, this is this is um, this is actually a video of uh, it. We uh, it, it's one of Phil's former clients. Uh, it's a success story. Uh, this guy like. I got to meet this guy, he came to deer camp, incredible. Uh, but, but now this guy is like learning to live a confessional life. So um, again, one of Phil's great success stories, uh, got this guy to go to rehab, amazing, amazing story. So Jeff, roll the clip.
2: Hi. You might not be able to tell it now, but there was a time in my life when I was down so low, my mosquito wouldn't even bite me. I lost my job, my four-wheel drive. I even got thrown out of my trailer. All because of one thing. Free basing cocaine. That's all my life was, was basing, Nothing else. I was on that last lap with that checkered flag about to weigh me on into hell. But I got lucky. I got in a rehab program down there at Redstone Arsenal, down there in Alabama. And with them people helping me, well, that smoky white devil is no longer a part of my life. And I can proudly say that today, I do not free base cocaine. Now, I'll take a drink now. I will take a drink, but I do not free base cocaine. But, you know, I, I'll take a drink, and I might even smoke a little reef. You know, I, I like to smoke, reefer, you know, I relax as many matter of thing. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But as far as basing goes, I don't do it. Now, i'll do some toot now don't get me i will do some toot you know you know if you party and everything somebody comes up and give it to you it's impolite not to take it there so me and my girlfriend Sally, we you know we party man i tell you we do parties. so you know i i will do some toot. we do you know on a good weekend there we call a bunch of friends over i would do about an eight bottle of toot there but we don't base i do not everybody's cocaine we'll make that clear i don't do it What well, i tell you what that drinking now I would not drink that tequila now i tell you what the last time i drank i got wild and a fame my girlfriend sat out I, I beat up on Sally. and you know when i done that it it hurt me a, a lot more than it does ever when i'm beating the hell out of her. so i don't drink that tequila now I, and i don't do any basing i do not free freebase that's two things i don't do i no longer part of my life but i tell you why I, I will add tequila i'll admit i do drink it about twice a year you know i I drank some tequila. And of course, when I do, drink, you better look out because you know I'm going to go upside that head now. Oh, but basin, I don't do. I, I You know, I heard somewhere uh, coffee is bad for you at caffeine mess. I read that somewhere. So I, I do at speed, get back up again. Of course, you got to get ready the next day and going all day long, part of that thing. But as far as basin goes, I don't do that. I will not for go. pan. Okay, I don't touch it uh unless it's my birthday or something man a special occasion, i'll get out that piping and i'll base i won't free base cocaine if i'm if i'm uh behind the wheel of a car i won't do it if i'm dying in the car i won't do it unless you know you stopped in traffic you know you're gonna bear a while Ain't no no radio i'll pull out that piping and i'll base but i will i will not free base cocaine oh uh, if i'm uh if i'm in church i will not freebase cocaine in church and unless you know it's during him and i don't like something I, I might get out there and i base in it i i, I will admit it and i won't do it during the sermon though i will not freebase cocaine in church during the sermon unless you know unless i've heard it before that's you know i've heard that song i don't want to hear the same thing again <laughs> you just want to sit there and do nothing so i'll get out that pipe and i'll base but i won't i won't do it uh I won't, I will not do it at all. I will not, I can tell you right now, I've been through that rehab and free no longer part of my life.
0: This message brought to you.
1: So, so that's a confessional life. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the thing that we have to do is, is the repentance and, and that's the change. I mean, this guy's confessing, and and I see that, and I hear that kind of thing a lot. But I got to stop doing the stupid things that I'm doing, and I've got to change, live a new way. It's available. Let me pray. Father, uh, we certainly acknowledge you as a creator and giver of life. Uh, Lord, you breathe life into us each morning. Even that is a reminder that you are uh, merciful. Your mercies are new every day, and Lord, we certainly need your mercy. We need your grace, Um, and we are thankful that you make provision, certainly through Jesus, so that we can uh, live whole and free, uh, unencumbered uh, by the things in our past that have certainly weighed us down and kept us mired in shame and guilt uh, in our crazy heads. But Lord, let us all learn to be able to sit with uh, another person, uh, a group of people to begin to confess, uh, to live humbly, uh, to walk with you in a very real and authentic way. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.